classes, uh, RS Together classes do start this week. And uh, hopefully you've signed up already. If you haven't, do that today. And uh, uh, classes are start Wednesday. This year we're doing two sessions of classes that are seven weeks long. Uh, the reason we made this change, we're just, just reading through the evaluations from last year. Um, one of the things that you said was you wanted more uh, weeks, but l maybe less time. And so, so rather than an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half, we're going for one hour. So from seven to eight for seven weeks instead of for an hour and a half for five weeks. So we'll have two sessions instead of three. So the first one starts Wednesday and uh, encourage you to come. It's a great, great way, uh, number one, to be equipped and to be trained, but also it's a great way to get to know people maybe that you that, that sit on this side of the church when you're sitting on this side and you, you don't even know who they are. So it'd be a great way to, to meet some new people. So I encourage you to do that Wednesday. Um, we've got about 100 people, I think, maybe. I don't know, maybe more than that or, or right around that number that are off on the middle school retreat right now. And uh, uh, we've seen a couple of videos. Seems like they're having a good time. Uh, pray for them as they finish up uh, and come home tomorrow. Uh, we have hired a youth pastor, and he and his wife are on the retreat with our middle schoolers. Uh, we will introduce them to you next Sunday. Uh, we actually wanted the, the kids to get first dibs on them, and so they got to meet them before you did. Uh, so uh, come back next Sunday, and we'll tell you who our new youth pastor is. All right, we've been walking through Luke, and uh, today we're going to hit chapter 4. Uh, if you want to Turn in your Bibles or look at the screen. I'm going to read uh, from Luke 4, the first 13 verses. Or maybe. Maybe don't look at the screen. Oh, here we go. Finally. Here we go. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Now let's pray. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, that you would speak to us today uh, from your word. Uh, we thank you uh, that your word is true, that it is trustworthy, that it is useful, 
for instruction and for correction, for equipping. And Lord, we thank you that it is God-breathed, uh, that it is from you. And so we open our hearts today and we say, speak to us and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was telling the people that gather in the office area there for pre-service prayer, which is open to anyone who wants to come. I encourage you to, to come and make that a part of your regular Sunday routine. Uh, we gather at 9.30. Um, that Luke is considered, his gospel is considered the charismatic gospel because he places so much emphasis on the Holy Spirit uh, in the story of Jesus. And in this particular story we see as well, uh, the temptation story uh, is filled with references to the Holy Spirit. Luke says that Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit and he is led by the Spirit and he goes into the desert. And so one of the things that we know about this is that this was not an ambush by the enemy, but this was the intention of God. The Holy Spirit takes Jesus into the desert for the purpose of temptation. It's a part of the plan. So, uh, the first temptation, uh, Satan says, turn the stone into bread. Turn the stone into bread. And the first, his first attempt is to get Jesus to admit that his most pressing need or his, his greatest need is physical. Now, we know that that's not true. But yet at times, we too are tempted to believe that the physical world is the most important thing. Uh, we have a, a tendency to lean towards and put more emphasis on things that are temporal than things that are eternal. Uh, we have a tendency to focus more on the circumstances of our current day-to-day -day life than on our own spiritual growth and, and our investment in eternity. So uh, Satan says to Jesus, you're, you're hungry. You've been out here. You haven't had food. You can turn that rock into bread. Just go ahead and show that what your power really needs to be used for is to meet your physical needs. And Jesus says, humanity is more than physical. Man doesn't live just by bread only. There are things that are more important. Second temptation, he comes along and he says, I will give you authority and power if. Now the first temptation was directed at the physical life. The second temptation is more directed at the social life. It's kind of the status thing. You know, you, you want a place? I can give you a place. You want to be important? I can make you important. You want to have power? I can put you in a place of influence and power. All you have to do all you have to do is worship me. And Jesus says, worship only God and serve him. And then the third temptation comes along, and, and it's more aimed at the spiritual life. And this temptation, he says, throw yourself down and let God save you. And what he's actually saying is do something spectacular to prove that God is God. Do something spectacular to prove that God is God. And Jesus says, don't put God to the test. Now, here's the really important thing that we have to grasp 
from this, especially this third temptation. Uh, because you can think back to the Old Testament, the story uh, of Mount Carmel, where Elijah does something spectacular that shows that God is God. And so what's the difference? And, and here's the difference. There is a difference between presumption and faith. There's a difference between presumption and faith. And faith is where you hear God, you believe God, and you are willing to take chances and take risks based on what God has told you to do. Presumption is where you, on your own initiative, seek, go out to do crazy things, believing that if those things fly, that will prove that God has shown favor to you. It's a difference. One is initiated by God to you, and one is you on your own trying to involve God. Uh, here's, here's the thing that's important for us to understand. You can't discern the difference between faith and presumption if you live in a shallow place. You can't. You, don't, you won't know the difference between faith and presumption if your relationship with God is simply surface. Paul talks about the difference between milk and meat. And if you are living purely on milk, faith and presumption will look exactly alike to you. And that's why we have to go to the depths. This is a story about temptation. It is a story about temptation. And more than that, it's a story about overcoming temptation. And, and one of the things that we tend to do when we read this story, and, and it, it's not a bad thing, it's just an incomplete thing, is that we focus on the way that Jesus responds through Scripture. He does respond through scripture, but that's only half of the battle. Jesus responds through scripture because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads Jesus to this place of temptation. He's led there by the Holy Spirit because he's full of the Holy Spirit. Now being led from the outside is an Old Testament, Old Covenant concept. Jesus is led by the Spirit from within because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a new covenant concept. And even though it, the new covenant has not been initiated through the cross and the resurrection, Jesus is walking in it already. And he is exemplifying it. He's modeling it for us. Jesus is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, he does quote Scripture. And Scripture is incredibly important. And we want to be people of the word. We want to uh, memorize scripture. We want to know what the word has to say because there, every situation that you encounter in life, the Bible has something to say about it. And so we want to be people who are filled with the spirit and we want to be people who are filled with the word, who know the word. Uh, but the thing that we want to recognize is that Jesus defeats the devil by the spirit. We need to understand that and grasp it. God never intended for us to live our lives 
in our own strength. Never intended it. We do not overcome temptation and say no to sin through willpower and grit. If your method for overcoming temptation is to close your eyes and grit your teeth and cross your fingers, good luck. It's not going to work. And most of you know it doesn't work because you've tried it. If your way of overcoming temptation is right after you've given in to temptation to make a declaration, I will never do that again. Well, guess what? You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. Because God never intended for you to defeat sin through willpower or through resolve. God intends for you to overcome sin and defeat sin in your life the same way Jesus resisted temptation. God wants you to resist temptation the same way Jesus resisted temptation. By being filled with the Spirit, by walking in the Spirit, by living in the Spirit. Is the word essential? Absolutely it is. But the word itself says, the word without the spirit is dead. And so if you, if you use the word alone without the spirit, will you ever have success? Yeah, you will. Will you always have success? No, you won't. So the question has been asked of me, well, which is more important? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. We don't need to choose, guys. We don't need to choose whether we want to be a word church or a spirit church. We need to be a word and spirit church. Married. Do not try to separate the two. God has made an offer to you to come and live inside of you. Now, I understand that some people are actually just a little bit terrified by the Holy Spirit. And I understand that because I've been there. I, there was a time in my life when you know, the Holy Spirit, I just, I, you know, I, I wish that there was a, a name that didn't feel spooky to me. I, I, Holy Ghost wasn't any better. It was worse. And, and I, you know, and I grew up in, in situations and I had experiences that, that just sent me further down the road of being afraid until I knew him. Until I knew him. And, and the truth is that uh, the church has made some mistakes. Uh, sometimes we've, we've done what I, what I refer to as trying to help God. We've tried to help God uh, by, you know, to convince people that God is God. We, we've done things and attributed them uh, to the Holy Spirit that may, maybe weren't him. 
and what I want to say to you is that the Holy Spirit is every bit God. He's every, every bit as loving and as kind and as gentle as Jesus. Right, here's what you need to know about the Holy Spirit. Whatever power the Holy Spirit had, he still has. Whatever he did, he still does. Being a part of the Godhead, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit was not a temporary thing that God gave uh, for Acts chapter 2 and then took away. Uh, in fact, John chapter 17 says that the Spirit abides with us forever. Uh, he is here. He wants to work here. He wants to fill you. He wants to empower you to make your life better. Uh, we should expect him to work. We should expect to see him uh, demonstrate uh, the glory of the Father and the love of Christ in our midst. We should expect to see that. And, and when we don't, we should question ourselves, not him. God has not changed his mind about the church. The Holy Spirit has not changed his mind about the church. Jesus has not changed his mind about the church. The question is, has the church changed her mind about God? Has the church changed her mind about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit? Uh, some of you, uh, maybe, maybe you've experienced things that have made you pull away from the Holy Spirit. Uh, honestly, I've never heard anyone accuse a church of overemphasizing Jesus. Never have. I've never heard anyone accuse a church of overemphasizing the Father. But I have heard countless people accuse churches of overemphasizing the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say to you loud and clear that if he's God, you can't overemphasize him. You can't. And if he's not God, we, our Trinitarian theology has an issue. And so, uh, he's not, as some say, the weird uncle of the Trinity. And you're laughing because you have a weird uncle. I, I know. <laughs> I am the weird uncle in our family. <laughs> Maybe because I have the Holy Spirit. I don't know. He's good, y'all. He's good. He's not scary. He's kind. He's loving. He wants to bless you. He wants to make your life better. And, and living, trying to live a Christian life and keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length does not work. Doesn't work. All right. So what we're going to do today, I'm going to invite our teams to come. And then I'm going to invite you to come and be prayed for today. And, and here's... you. As you know, you can come and get prayer for anything. 
uh, doesn't have to be what we've talked about today, but, but if you're here today and you would say to me, I, I, I'm one of those people. I've, I've had experiences in my life that have created in me a negative attitude towards the Holy Spirit or a fear even. And I want to encourage you to come and, and receive prayer today uh, because he, he does not want you to feel that way about him. And he certainly doesn't feel that way about you. Okay. Um, maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know, I, I've, I've never really understood what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And I would encourage you today to come and, ha and let one of our teams pray for you. Okay? Uh, or maybe you're here today and you say, you know, that there was a time when I really feel like I was walking in the Spirit and, and, and living in the power of the Spirit. And, and for whatever reason, I've just drifted into the flesh and now I'm, I'm just living in my own strength and it's frustrating. And if that's you, we would love to pray for you today as well. Okay? Won't you stand? And uh, He's not scary. He's just really, really good. Really, really good. Lord, I pray that you would meet us right here today, this morning. We need you. We, we cannot live the life that you've called us to live unless we're filled with your spirit. So, Lord, for those who, who feel that their lives are start and stop, start and stop, inconsistent, up and down, back and forth, roller coaster, Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage today to come forward receive prayer to be filled so that we can walk in the power of your spirit depending on you and not ourselves we love you we trust you in Jesus name